0: Mobile Rolling, presented by Garratts Horse & Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au.
1: Now, it's Black Sedance with Spirit of St. Louis not there yet. Back to the inside, Colt 31. Still in front, Black Sedance. Spirit of St. Louis trying hard, lifting the favourite. They hit the line. Spirit of St. Louis won it. Spirit of St. Louis won the Lucky Creed. Beat home Black Sedance in a driving finish from Colt
0: 31. Well, we've talked about him plenty of times, and he did start favourite there at Albion Park in the Lucky Creed on Saturday night. But a few anxious moments there, Chris. But he just has a way to win, does he?
1: Finds a, a way to win all the time. Spirit of St. Louis, good morning yeah steve good morning to you good morning everyone yeah it wasn't a big winning margin he got that uh, perfect trail it was a solid tempo and i suppose in the end with that solid tempo being set by black sedans he was just found out just that little bit he was first up and it was 2680 meters so he was probably entitled to get a little tired but i'm sure he's going to be even better next time he steps out so there's a lot to look forward to he's got a number of key races coming up the sunshine sprint the blacks are fake is obviously the big one so it's going to be a, uh, an exciting time over the next couple of weeks. We've got a great card of racing coming through on Saturday night. And I've got some uh, news coming through, which is going to be interesting. Uh, I'll lead into this when Darren Clayton joins us, yep. and uh, it'll be interesting. But it's, it could potentially be big, big news and a bit of a shock as well about a horse that could be headed to Brisbane for the big races. So we'll just uh, hold fire mm. on that hopefully very shortly, we'll be joined by Michelle Phillips, the Victorian driver who started with a bang on Friday night. So uh, hopefully she won't be too far away. I did touch base with Noel Daly yesterday. As we know, Noel's based in North America, up in New Jersey at Magical Acres, and he won the North America Cup in Canada across the weekend with Toddy McCarthy driving. We were hoping to catch up with Noel today, but we're just having some issues connecting with Noel. He's got a racing commitments. I think Yonkers is on at the moment. I think he's got a representation there. So it is a little bit hectic up there and a little bit busy, but we'll keep trying. And if we get him, we'll certainly put him to where And Darren Clayton won't be too far away, as he does each and every Wednesday, provides all of the mayor. We're going to start with Darren Clayton. We're going to start with this news. So I've teased a little bit. But here's some news coming through, and this is just developing in the last 24, 48 hours as far as a possibility, as far as the TAB Constellations is concerned. Remember this name because he was the favourite for the Rising Sun, and he was the first horse invited. Bondi Lockdown. He's absolutely flying. He's very much forward in condition. Uh, That uh, little time away that he had wasn't as long as what his trainer and driver Aaron Dunn Wanted to give him because he was just doing too well in the paddock. So he's been back in work for a little while now. And his work in recent times has been sensational. So much so, he's broken the track record of Aaron Dunn's property twice in his last two pace hit out. So this is very, very interesting and a major about turn. Because as we know, he was the first horse invited for the Rising Sun. He declined after he flopped in the Miracle Mile. He said he was going home, giving him a good spell. Well, he didn't do all of that, but he just gave him a little bit shorter time off because he was just going too well in the paddock. And now he is considering another run at the Queensland Carnival. Obviously, there's a lot of mm-hmm. variables to, to consider with Bondi lockdown. Uh, he wants to fly up. And if he does, he wants to bring his three-year-old hot deal up for a shot at the Queensland Derby. Does it take him the Rising Sun or does that race come up a little too soon? Well, he was going to work this morning. I haven't heard from Aaron this morning on how he worked, but he certainly wants to have a look at a, a trial or a race down there. Does he just come for the blacks of faith on the final night of the carnival? These are all the options and variables that he's weighing up at the moment. But, bottom line, don't be shocked if Bondi lockdown does get back. Because the Inter-Dominion later in the year in Melbourne, that's not a target, believe it or not. Because of the way that set up. Uh, that series is set up this year with all the travel involved, he just doesn't feel it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, kind on the horse, so he's looking after him. And the Vic Bread starts a week after the end of the Million Series, and he said that's the main target because uh, this is his last shot at uh, four-year-old Vic Bread Glory. So there's a lot happening as far as the Aaron Dunn camp is concerned. But bottom line, guys, don't be shocked. Mm. If Bondi down, finds his way to Brisbane. So, Chris, just to refresh my memory, you mentioned the Miracle Mile. He clearly had enough when he
0: got to that race. He's run prior to that. Everyone was raving about it. It was extraordinary defeat, wasn't it? The Chariots of Fire, yes? Yes. And then prior to that, he won five in a row? Yep. Yeah. Outstanding. Darren yeah. Clayton is with us now. That's big news. How are you, Darren?
2: I hey Steve, morning, Chris. I'm sorry, I'm a little still on the floor from what chris has just mentioned it's taken me aback
1: mm. now the other news just on what's happening as far as our carnival is concerned you guys are, are, are well up to speed across this but just for our listeners we had rip who's the three-year-old invited for the rising sun and leap the Fame invited for the rising sun clashing in a trial yesterday at Albion park it was over the mile we spoke with bernie hewitt the trainer driver of uh, rip yesterday morning he said he wanted to give him You know, not an overly taxing trial. He said he was definitely going to run the gate just to keep him sharp because he is engaged on Saturday night in the Redcliffe Derby. Well, he won that trial. He led, handed over to Uncle Shank. Uh, Speed was on. And then he pulled off the back of Uncle Shank before the turn and just blew them away. He scored by eight and a half metres. Now, Steve, the time here was 151.3. Splits of 27.6, 29.5, 27.1. 27.4. 27 4. So he's run home in 54 5, and he looked very comfortable. Darren, you've obviously watched the trial multiple times. He looked like he was barely breaking a sweat yesterday.
2: Yeah, he he just did it so easily. He was just, admittedly, he had that nice trail in behind, but he fired off the gate. And um, yeah, he just, I think, even at one stage when Bernie pulled out and had a look around to see where the others were, and it was like, well, he's out here in front doing it so easily and he was uh, he was in absolute cruise control in that trial it was it was amazing to watch and like you mentioned you spoke to him yesterday morning if that was just a nice quiet trial what are we going to see if he lights him up
1: yeah exactly right leap the fame finished fourth in that trial steve uh he was always a long way back and he was one off the inside but uh Darren, I'll be interested in your thoughts. I still thought his trial was really, really good. As we know, he hasn't started since the New South Wales derby back in, what, March now, early March. Uh, Rip, on the other hand, his last start was late April. So he's obviously got that little bit more residual fitness. But I still thought the trial of Leap to Foam was really
2: encouraging. Yeah, definitely. He was he was a long way back. And when you think about it, the from the front end, they've got home in 54.5. Well, to be making ground off that, it's still, it's it's a nice last 800 metre split from leap to fame because he did make up some ground from where he was and um, he was also on the outside and we know uh, when the speed's on on the fence line, it's very hard to make ground from back in the pack. But um, I guess the important part out of that trial though too is, Um, the horses that Leap to Fame was sort of, there's a couple of handy ones back there, like Star Galleria really couldn't make any ground, Ruby's for Tash. Um, Our Road to Mecca, she's a pretty good mare in her own right as well, but Leap to Fame, he was was good and never asked for much either. Grant Dixon didn't really um, urge him along at all. He was just doing that under his own steam. So, Um, plenty of upside to that trial for sure for leap Mm. to fame.
0: Just to both of you, there have been some hiccups along the way with him as to why it's been such a long time between runs?
1: Well, I think they just felt that that was the right time of the year to give him a break, given what he's got coming up at the back end of the year. The the Queensland Carnival was always a target, including the Rising Sun and the Queensland Derby. They elected to bypass the Australian Pacing Gold three-year-old series, giving him that time off. So They were looking at the back end, starting with the the Queensland Carnival, and then he's still got uh, plenty of other features. Breeders' Challenge, uh, Victoria Derby, maybe Breeders' Crown. I'm not sure if he's eligible for the Breeders' Crown. So that was the line of thinking that that was the right time to give him a break because come the end of the year, there's going to be no time to uh, give him a bit of a break because I think it's one feature series after another.
2: And then that would also go into sort of any of the Victoria features around the... Um, uh, the Inter-Dominion series as well, wouldn't it, Chris? So there'd be sort of that in the back of their mind as well.
1: Yeah. So as it stands right now, he's still the favourite. Tab, uh, Leap to Fame at $4. Beyond Delight, $5. Better Eclipse, who resume with a victory. Starts again Saturday night at Melton, $6. Rip at $6. Ladies and Red, $7. Now, just on uh, those Victorians, they all stepped out on Monday night at Melton. Honolua Bay was able to win that fast class trial. This was a good trial, only four runners. Honolua Bay beat Ladies in Red, Soho Tribeca, who's on the comeback, and Majita finishing fourth. Uh, Honolua Bay led that trial, dictated terms, 57-4, last mile in 156, last half in 54-5. So uh, Ladies in Red caught the eye. She was scooting through late along the inside. So it was a really nice trial. And Beyond Delight also trialed at that same session he went around in a different trial. He was able to beat his very, um, very classy stable mate in Joanna, fifty-six-six. The mile rate last mile fifty-six-one home and fifty-five-five. Interestingly, with Beyond Delight, Mark Pitt took the drive on Beyond Delight. Greg Sugars has been driving Beyond Delight this preparation, but Greg, as we heard last week, uh, he told us himself that he's going to be sticking with Better Eclipse for the Rising Sun. So, does that pave the way for Mark Pitt to get the drive on Beyond Delight? Nathan Jack will be driving Ladies in Red. So, these big horses, they're up and about. Ladies in Red will tackle the Rising Sun fresh up. Whether they can squeeze in a race for Beyond Delight, not too sure. And the other things that we've got to consider for the Rising Sun, Amore Vita, the three-year-old filly, who was awesome on Saturday night, could Connections throw in a nomination there? She's likely to come up with barrier one, being a three-year-old filly. And the other one, the stablemate of both Ladies in Red, and beyond the light treachery who's absolutely flying could she be nominated for the rising sun as well and being a mayor, she's going to come up with the nice draw so it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out over the next week or so on a vita at the moment you want to spare
0: 100 and bucks to win 26th place yeah, she was unbelievable on saturday
1: night wasn't she darren
2: oh just from like chris alford took her back off the gate and um, just the ground that she made up, and did it so easily, and and really went to the line, sort of defeated those colts and geldings, really made them look second rate almost. And um, you know there was a couple of handy ones amongst them, Group One winner in Tim's a Trooper and Sugar Apple. He was. I thought in my mind, I thought he was quite disappointing, but um, Amorevita, you can't, uh, you can't knock that effort. And at that price, if that's the price in the Rising Sun, well, it's certainly worth a little bit of a spec because if she were to make the field, um, she'd almost be guaranteed barrier one as a filly because yeah. I doubt any other three-year-old filly gets in the race. So um, it's a, it's a pretty enticing carrot there, and um, yeah, you know, it's hard to, hard to understand that. Uh, that sort of price, but obviously there's some quality horses and she's not guaranteed. And um, But we'll see what she does this week in the Redcliffe Oaks. She's drawn Barrier 1 and um, Cam Hart's booked her for the drive and uh, we'll, we'll get to see what she's made of there. Uh, probably out in front this time you would expect from Gate 1 you'd have to take that um, advantage while it's there. Chris, just
1: with Spirit of
0: St Louis, who drives that horse going forward?
1: Well, it was, it was noted that Jack Callaghan will drive him in these upcoming features. I think there was talk that he was going to come up and drive him last week, but uh, they decided Luke would drive because he's here and Jack had commitments down in Sydney at Menangle. But I think in those feature races, I think Jack's got first option because he's built up such a rapport with the horse uh, so far this year, winning all of those feature cup races in Victoria and his efforts throughout the uh, uh, Miracle Mile Carnival in Sydney. So I think he's got first option, and then uh, Luke's obviously got plenty of other options at his disposal within his stable. He's got the likes of Matt Shard, AG's White Sox. Maybe he trials next week up here. He is in Brisbane as we speak. Uh, so there's a number of options there. But uh, I think Jack Calligan will be driving Spirit of St Louis, just on Amore a Vita. Uh, now she's a dollar fourteen, I think, with Tab for Saturday night's Redcliffe Oaks. And as it stands, just looking at the calendar, that the Rising Sun is on July nine. So she could easily go into that and then still compete in the other two races that have obviously been marked for her: the Southeast Oaks, which comes up the following week, and then the Queensland Oaks on July 23. So if they want to, uh, it certainly fits in the uh, in the program, and uh, it'll be a very interesting draw card because I'm certain she'd get a start, and uh, you know the fact that she's almost guaranteed to draw barrier one. I think she'll run a bottler.
2: Yeah, definitely from from that uh draw you would expect us just off her run there the other night. That was that was absolutely superb. So she went she ran away from the almost ten meter margin there on Saturday night. So really looking forward to what uh, what they can do with her in the Carnival and More A Vita. The other one out of the trials yesterday, Chris, we said Bernie Hewitt had a good one in rep or didn't Jill Melody put them away? Ooh,
1: yeah. It was just phenomenal the way she went about it. She just went to the front, and we often hear it when you're in the tab agencies or down at the pub. They'll say, oh, just go to the front and improve your position. Well, that's what Bernie did. He led by about 50 metres at one stage. She stopped the clock at 55-2. She's a dual Group 1 winner, mind you, 29-8, 7 And then she really built on the pressure, 28-4, 4 And like Rip, looked really comfortable going to the line.
2: Yeah, definitely. And there's a Group 1 winner in... In the beaten brigade, what away we go, finished third, uh, beaten 54 metres by a two-year-old filly.
1: Mm. So the stars are set certainly here. Here's an update as well. There's a cracking free-for-all at Melton on Saturday night. Triple uh, Eight goes around, Better Eclipse goes around, as we know. They're both being primed for the, the tab constellations. Uh, a horse in there that's uh, creating plenty of interest. We know him well. Uh, former Australian three-year-old of the year in Max Delight. It's unlikely that he'll come to Queensland, but just on that stable, uh, David Aiken, just you know, just with a few little health issues, so he's just downsizing a little bit. His stablemate, Max Delight's stablemate, Malcolm's Rhythm, who competed in the Inter Dominion Series uh, late last year in Sydney, he now joins the McCarthy stable. I'm yet to to have it clarified whether he comes to Queensland and targets feature races, or he'll just go to Sydney and then be built up and and target races there, but. Uh, That stable just goes from strength to strength. That's a nice addition to the stable, Malcolm's Rhythm.
2: Yeah, off the back, well, if he is here in time for for those features, they'll have some pretty handy horses with Max Shard and uh, Spirit of St. Louis already headlining him. Then then you've got a couple of those others that probably just second tier that haven't performed, but horses like Caviar Star, um, sort of they didn't really fire, but uh, that's still a pretty strong lineup.
1: Yeah, speaking of lineups, the horse lineup, Jewel derby winner a few seasons ago, uh, most recently had a stint in Sydney with Darren Vinscan. He's recently changed stables and he's now with Russell Jack in Victoria. I'm led to believe he's got a trial tomorrow night at Shepparton, and uh, they're hoping to get a start into him down there in Melbourne. And they're going to bring him up. Uh, they're, they're hopeful that Springy Step, who ran that really good race last week behind Better Eclipse and Rock and Roll, do. Uh, Spring and his step is going to be a nominated horse for the Rising Sun. And they're going to bring up line-up and they're hoping that they can squeeze him into a race like the Sunshine Sprint and or the Blacks of Fate. But they'll know more after that trial tomorrow night. High-quality horse, competed in the Inter-Dominion Series last year in Sydney. But uh, that trial tomorrow night's going to be quite important. So line-up now with the Russell Jack stable in Melbourne. But possibly could be headed this way. Speak the truth, the star local three-year-old He's not in the Recliffe Derby on Saturday night. We learnt that news last week from Shannon Price that he was never going to Reckliffe. He just had that little bit of a setback after his most recent start. Well, his work across the weekend's been really good. So he's back on track. So that's good news. So he's aiming towards the Southeast Derby and the Queensland Derby. And those two races were always the main targets. There was never any thought about uh, the Reckliffe Derby or the Rising Sun. So they've still got a little bit of time on their hands. Peroni, this is the new addition to Ben stable that they were hoping to start either in the flashing red and certainly the Reckliffe Cup. Well, as you would know, looking at that field, he's not there. They've just encountered a few little issues. So they're just going to err on the side of caution and uh, just get him right and then start his campaign. So no Peroni in the Reckliffe Cup. And I'm still chasing up this one, but probably one of the uh, the most uh, progressive horses. There's There's been a bit of a boom on this horse, I'm led to believe, and I won't say its name, but uh, unfortunately, devastation for connection. She's now passed, and uh, it's just a a bitter blow. So I'll keep following that one up, but uh, certainly a a very, very exciting prospect no longer with us. So we'll follow that one up over the next couple of days, and as soon as we get uh, the confirmation, we will bring that news to you. So... A lot happening. There was uh, several stars on display in the last uh, 24, 48 hours, and there's a lot to look forward to. Speaking of the Reckliffe Cup, Darren, early thoughts? Uh, it looks it looks very interesting, this race on, on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, it certainly does with uh, just the way um, they line up just in their positions. You've got Max Shard off 20 metres, certainly, um, looks up to that task. He won off the flashing red off 20, the distance effectively the same, but obviously the track configuration makes it a little bit trickier. So um, he was good in his trial there where he effectively broke what would have been the track record under race conditions, but he did that easily out in front. Um, He'll be coming around them here. Colt 31 draws outside the front line. That probably doesn't do him any favours. LL Cool J um, in position four there. Uh, He gets opportunity to get forward. captain Crusader. He tackled that 26 hundred meter stand event um, two starts ago and just flew the tapes and was able to control it in front He was probably pretty disappointing in the patrons purse with a with an easy run in front. So um, back to standing start what difference that makes but uh, The way he sort of folded up in that patrons purse was a little bit concerning. I thought um, from where he is there but um, that previous start from the stand where he ran home in 54 and change untouched on the front end, well, that puts him there. in Northview Hustler, I guess, he's in behind Captain Crusader on that second line. Always tricky in traffic. We've effectively got to, um, two full rows off that front tape. So uh, turn it up on 10 metres is effectively a third line of the front. So uh, he'll have a little bit of traffic to encounter. So um, that'll, that'll be tricky, but um, yeah, I, I think at this stage have to nearly stick with Mac Shard of what we've seen in those two standing start efforts been really strong. Just the traffic that he can negotiate, getting around them um, certainly a concern. but uh, I, I think at this stage that's where I'd be, I'd be leaning to.
1: Okay, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are, that are going to probably take on both Turnit up and Max Shard not because of their class, but just because of the conditions and the way this race potentially could set up. So we've got a field of 12 that's going to go to the uh, the tapes there on Saturday night. So there's plenty of traffic, as you outlined. That start is just so crucial. Uh, just who, who gets the best beginning, who finds a really good spot, and then who obviously gets luck in running? Because I think potentially this could just be move after move for this race on, on Saturday
2: night. It certainly shapes that way, especially, you know, they started the twenty one hundred at Albion Park or the or the twenty six hundred over that back stretch. You've got a pretty good run to the first turn either way. Um, at Redcliffe, starting the the twenty six hundred starts at the top of the home straight, so, um, you know, you skip away. You're there's a bit of traffic. Things are, are a little bit, uh, you know, a bit dicey early. That run into the first turn comes up pretty quick, and as we know, uh, that first turn can catch quite a few out at Redcliffe just the way it, it sort of the way you move into it. So you don't want to be trying to make too much ground early on, uh, ripping into that first turn because it could throw things right out the window. So, like you said, I think that sets it up that there could be a, a few different moves take place depending on who rolls across to the front in the early stages.
1: Seb's choice equaled the track record with his victory there last Friday night. And as we know, Max Shard had a trial there uh, mid last week. I think it was uh, this time last week. And he actually broke the track record. Doesn't stand, obviously, being a trial. But uh, it just goes to show where these horses are at right now. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker this race on Saturday night. Just looking at the market, Tab have gone up with a fixed odds market. Captain Crusader 13, Make mine Memphis. I thought he was sensational on Saturday night. $13, thirteen dollars, Seb's Choice three ten. LL Cool J nineteen. It's back in the day, nineteen, Cult thirty one, nineteen. Northview Hustler forty one. Deus X twenty one. Crime Rider the first emergency forty one dollars. Tommy Lincoln thirty four. Aphorism one hundred and twenty six. Turn it up four forty and Max Shard three thirty. So the Victorian is the favourite Seb's Choice three ten. Chris, just before you move
0: on, Michelle Phillips has agreed to join us now. Darren Clayton's still on the line as well. Michelle, good
1: morning.
3: Hello Chris, how are you?
1: I'm really well. I was just going through the market there for Saturday night's Recliffe Gold Cup, a group one event, and Seb's choice is the favourite, 310. What do you think about that?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit surprising, but then again, it's not He He put, showed himself last week um, and both John and I have both been told that not often a horse can sit outside the death and still kick on to win and against a good horse and still equal the track record. So, um, yeah, he's proven himself that he's, he's also a good horse and can stand up with them.
1: Well, the obvious question I want to ask out of last week, the, the, the carnival for you officially started last Friday night and, and trainer John Nicholson. What was better winning with seb's choice equaling the track record or the performance of l b two chains running fourth in the patron's purse because they were both unbelievably good
3: um well we were very, both very happy with both runs um obviously LB to storm home through the middle of them was was pretty good and um to run the quickest half half as well um I can't say. The one was my favourite, but they were both very exceptional runs. Yeah,
1: Darren, you do all the uh, the sectionals, and, and just looking at that patron's purse, you just don't see horses run the sectionals that lb Two Chains did last Friday night. Yeah, no, that's well,
3: right. um, it was quite uh, yeah, quite surprising that when the sectionals came out, like he, he felt like a good horse when we got, got the run through, and I thought we were a chance of running third, but um. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely got a sh- good sprint on him, and when he gets the right run, it'll be hard to run down. So, yeah.
2: Darren, what were your thoughts? Yeah, really impressive, and and the fact that sort of he ended up at the tail of the field and and probably never really got clear momentum at any stage in running those times. So fifty four five six, his last eight hundred. That's that's just not heard of around Redcliffe, and you know, if if he had been a little bit closer, it's just had got that spot early where he ended up back out the back. I think it's, it's, a, it's a very different scenario. Um, just one question I had for you, Michelle, just with Seb's choice. Um, did you opt for the standing start last week with the Redcliffe Cup in mind? Because I thought he would have been a really strong chance in that Patrons purse race. Yeah,
3: no, well, we thought he'd be the chance too, but um based on the our programming was we essentially wanted him for the Redcliffe Cup, um, and with the conditionings that they had to have a stand start in the last eight months. Um, yeah, it was it, it was a bit of a toss up, but at the end, the ultimate was we wanted him in the Redcliffe Cup, so we had to have a stand. So, yeah, but otherwise he would have he would have also had a good chance in that as well.
1: They are both aiming for the Rising Sun, though, aren't they? Albie, two James, and Seth's choice. Yes, they are. Okay, okay. Now LB Two Chain starts in the first race on Saturday night. It's a band-five race. He's drawn barrier four. Off the back of last week, uh, he's going to take uh, any amount of beating.
3: Yeah, well, he's he's worked well today, and he pulled up a treat after after their they all pulled up real well after their um, last runs, and um, he's kind of been given a good barrier. So we'll hopefully hopefully see what happens.
1: All right, and Seb's choice, as you mentioned, he's come through the race really well. So you're happy with him for Saturday night?
3: Yeah, really happy. We took him to the beach after the race and uh, they, all, they all loved to swim in the water and Sebby was the one that enjoyed it the most. And yeah, he's now terrorising a rubber mat as we speak. So he's pulled up, <laughs> up real well.
1: Uh, now, now, they're both legitimate contenders for the Rising Sun, but how much more improvement do you think is there still to come with Seb's choice?
3: Well, each start, and I believe it's proven in his past runs, that he just steps it up a gear each run and just keeps improving. So he's, he's a good horse, but I believe there's more goodness to come from him.
1: Okay. Were you happy with the way he started last week, the way he got away from the tapes? Do you think he could potentially be even better having that experience last week?
3: Um, yeah. Like, as as anything with experience is better for everyone. Um, but during at home we trialled he knew, normally used to draw Barry one so he's so used to the tape flying back and hitting the post that he wasn't expecting it to come from the outside so it'll be interesting to see how he handles being in amongst a group group of horses as well so um, it's still a learning curve for both of us like obviously he's only had maybe three stand starts um, and one official race one so we'll. I'm confident in him, he, he doesn't seem to hesitate too much and yeah, he knows when it's time to go.
1: Is the stand start practice in Brisbane with what you experienced last week very similar to the way it's done in Melbourne or is it different?
3: It's different, okay. very different. <laughs> very Which different. is the better way? <laughs> um, possibly Brisbane because the more time like, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. In Brisbane, you're you pretty much straight away. You turn around and you go. Whereas Melbourne, um, we circle for quite a bit and then the horses get a, quite a bit frantic in such small areas with a large number of horses and then they're likely to misbehave when we're just about to go. So yeah, I'd say Brisbane is a lot better at this stage.
1: Okay. The other horse that I've got to ask about, because he's part of the trio that's here for, for John Nicholson, is it's back in the day he got it all wrong last week, but he lines up in the cup himself. Do you rate him? Does, does he have some sort of chance here?
3: Yeah, um, before we came away, he was, put, um, and during last season, he was our best horse that we had. Um, and I think if providing that he steps away, that he'll be right up there with them. Um, but okay. again, he's a bit of a tricky one to get away So.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, it's not going to be easy, and that start, as I said, is just going to be crucial there for that Group 1 $100,000 Recliffe Gold Cup. Michelle, really appreciate the time this morning, and uh, we'll see you Trackside on Saturday night.
3: Thank you very much. See you there.
1: Michelle Phillips joining us. So, uh, yeah, the start is going to be crucial, and uh, how it plays out, well, that's uh, anyone's guess right now, but... uh, I think it's going to be a ripper edition of the Reckless Cup there on Saturday night. Darren, we'll talk more about that race on Friday, but uh, it, it is um, it is one of the better and stronger Reckless Cups that we've seen in
2: recent times. Oh, definitely, and that's um, you know that's um, brought about by increase to a Group One level and and that extra prize money, and that's uh, it, it's great to see the quality of horse um, sort of back up the justification that racing Queensland have put in upgrading that race. And, and I think too, um, just that, that added condition of of having a standing start and, and almost, um, you know, almost like a standing start season for a better term in recent weeks where we've seen lots of standing start races. Um, well, not lots, but definitely more than we would normally see. And, and to give those horses the opportunity to practice, to give punters an opportunity to, to see them from the tapes, I think it's a win-win situation all around.
1: Yeah. And just a quick one on the other group one on, on Saturday night. Uh, that barrier draw for the, uh, the Garage Yelling Yellingtail Series final, that's really opened up that race now, hasn't it?
2: It certainly has. Like Tardelli, is obviously the, the the class runner, but uh, he he's on the way back, so to speak. He had a little bit of a freshen up after his Bathurst campaign, but uh, he was good in his heat. But hold on to your bling. He certainly, um, the ball's in his court to win this race. I think if the emergency is not required, he'll move into gate five. Uh, I can see him getting across there relatively easily. And Tardelli, um, you wouldn't expect him to get a gap at some stage in early stages. I would expect that he needs to, to hook back to the, to the back of the pack and then come around them. So That certainly makes it hard for Tardelli and uh, certainly gives hold on to your bling uh, every opportunity there to um, be in a position to give Adam Sanderson his opportunity for his first Group 1 pacing winner. He's got a a trotting winner for Shannon Price with Mm. We Man Trouble, but uh, this would be his first pacing win and um, it would be thoroughly deserved. He's in great form, Adam.
1: Yeah, 10 years now he's been in Queensland since moving over from uh, from New Zealand. So 10 years for this current year, so it's a, a big moment, and uh, hopefully he can capitalize and, and claim a group one. They both recorded the same time, sectionally. Uh, Hold on to your bling was a lot better, but Tardelli, to the uh, to the eye, visually was a lot better as well, in the fact that he won by such a huge margin, so it sets up for a really good race there. Tomorrow, uh, on mobile rolling, hopefully we'll be able to track down some of the The Rosario Lespino who's one of the owners of Tardelli. Uh, we'll try and track down Ray Carl, the owner, of uh, the star mayor Gerardo's delight who's back in action uh maybe even cam hart uh with the the drive there on uh, the star philly amore vita so that's all in front of us tomorrow just looking at the the sky monitor yonkers race aid they're at, at the start there and i think noel's got a runner in this race so we'll see if we can grab noel but uh it sounds like it's uh not going to happen, unfortunately, but uh, we did touch base yesterday and he was keen to have a chat, but uh, he does have commitments here at Yonkers in uh, in New York as it stands. Let's focus on tonight, Darren. We've got a, a strong program coming through at Reckler. Busy times there at the Peninsula, racing tonight, tomorrow afternoon, and then we're back there for the Gold Cup night on Saturday night. Where do we find your best bet on tonight's Nine Race program?
2: Yeah, I thought uh, we could get there pretty early on, Chris, in race number two, horse number nine, Sweet Jasmine. I think the the yours for this price currently available with the tab looks a good bet. I think this mare, she's in super form. um, Was sort of a long way back last time out and she was able to get second behind Cradle of Fire. Cradle of Fire's been in top form and um, her run before just didn't really go to plan I uh, can see her getting the right run through in the early stages here and uh, a few of these do struggle to see out, uh, see the races out and I think she can swoop over the top and that's in a race two, horse number nine, Sweet Jasmine.
1: Okay, $2 as you currently outline with Tab Fixed Prize. Uh, is there another horse that stands out for you tonight?
2: Yeah, I, I thought later in the card, Chris, in uh, race number six, a good ideal. Um, He likes to lead this bloke Um, He's got a good record when he finds the front in his races And he's a four-time winner at Redcliffe Last time he actually started at Redcliffe uh, He sat parked from a second line gate on that occasion Was too strong Um, From gate one, he can dart through And I think this race sets up perfectly for him Race six, number one, a good ideal
1: Okay, $3 now uh, with Tab. What about the Tab Quaddy tonight? Races 5, 6, 7 and 8. Throw some numbers at us.
2: Yeah, first leg, I was pretty keen. Teachers Pet, uh, despite the 2040. um, Certainly from gate one, she gets every opportunity. Dangers, I thought Shady's Collect probably gets a good trip. So probably a knockout hope there. Um, The second leg, race six. A good ideal. Looking for insurance, probably number two. Get a load of this bro, or number seven Illawong Dreamtime, um, and if you want to include them, but I'm happy to go one out with number one. A good ideal. The third leg race seven, um, probably a good opportunity for Feel Good Express to bounce back to winning form. She's two out of two at Redcliffe. Um, been running at Albion Park in her past couple. She scored from gate six her last time at Redcliffe, so she's certainly there. Thought number three, too little, too late, um, could show some good improvement in this race, um, a new, relatively newcomer to the Dave McKenzie stable. Um, and number four, talk to the max, can get across, settle handy, and will certainly be thereabouts. And in the last leg of it, race eight, uh, I thought Dinosaurus Rex certainly gets every opportunity again here, a good top, last time out, and chasing dreams off the sector second line uh, in in a few recent outings. She gets a gate five here, which is a little bit tougher outside Dinosaurus Rex, but uh, she'll certainly be in the mix. She's placed 11 at her, of her past 12, so include her as well, four and five in that last leg.
1: Okay, so just repeating, the first leg, we're going with one. What were the other numbers
2: in that first leg? Uh, in the first leg, uh, just number seven, Shady's Collect. Okay, sort of gets a so one and seven on in the that back first of- leg. Yeah, i thought that's what you said
1: but i wasn't sure if there was another number in there so it's one and seven then into one we can go one only there with a good ideal uh illawong dream time if you're looking for that other runner for for the insurance three four nine in race seven and the last leg numbers four and five so that's the way to play the quaddie tonight for Redcliffe. so nine races coming through early start as well 4.52 start time for race one and tab have all those fixed odds markets available Right now. Darren, really appreciate the chat this morning. And uh, we'll talk again on, on Friday when we uh, pin you down for your uh, final thoughts on Recliffe Gold Cup 9.
2: Yeah, it should be a great night. There's some, uh, some great racing and looking forward to it.
1: There's Darren Clayton joining us as he does each and every Wednesday morning. He'll rejoin us on Friday morning. As I said, we've got plenty of guests lined up for tomorrow. We'll try again with Noel Daly. That race is now underway at Yonkers. So... We'll see if he's going to have any success yeah, where's in this his race. we're keeping an eye on where is it
0: in the run, Chris? Yeah,
1: I think it's now moving up on the outside of the uh, the leader. So All it's right. so number good without cover. So yeah, number two is the one. All so right. we'll see how it Keep goes. Keep an eye but on it. Just with that
0: performance, Chris, just tell me about this horse because we'll play the closing stages of that race on the
1: weekend in America, Pebble Beach. Well, believe it or not, Steve, uh, this was the only pacing colt that he bought from the sales that year, and it looks like he's got probably the best colt in North America right now. He took on some uh, high-quality opposition, and uh, he was able to beat them and beat them easily. He showed last season as a two-year-old that he was well above average. He's by down by the seaside. Uh, He's got awesome speed. I think as a two-year-old, he had more sub-49 miles than any other horse in history. So he's just loaded with absolute speed, this horse, and he did it comfortably there. 150 was the time he was able to find the front pretty easy half. I think he got to the half in 55 and then just put them away in the home straight. Now, interestingly, and I wanted to ask Noel about this, being by Down by the Seaside and because he didn't race past his three-year-old career or three-year-old a year, he's not eligible or, or progeny of Down by the Seaside are not eligible to compete in the Midlands pace. And this is one of the, the flagship events for a three-year-old pacing cult on the North American scene. So he can't go to that race. So uh it's an odd move, but uh, it's a bold move. But uh, they've got to look for other directions. So there's a number of other races he'll go to. Uh, maybe the Adios. Uh, they'll probably be very keen to get back to Kentucky because he was just unbelievable down there last year, peeling off all those big miles. But uh, yeah, they've got a lot to look forward to. And then the Breeders' Crown, I think, is back up in Canada at the end of the year. And that's obviously going to be a, a big target. But a huge moment. That's his first North American Cup in Canada, and obviously for Toddy McCarthy, the driver, what a moment, uh, you know, he left Australia. He pretty much did as much as he could down here. He won an Inter-Dominion, won a host of features, and now he's competing and regarded as one of the best drivers up there and uh, winning those big flagship events. So, great result, and they're very close, as we know, uh, the Daly, or Noel Daly and the McCarthy family. So, yeah, great result all around for the Aussies, and uh, there was a lot of people cheering him on on the weekend.
0: Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Dave. And that horse of Niles got beaten about a half a ahead there, a short half ahead. Look at my heart running second, Yonkers. Bumper to bumper traffic in this Pepsi North America Cup, and they chase Pebble Beach to the head of the stretch, three quarters in 122 and three. And it's Pebble Beach coming off the turn, a two length lead on Beach Glass. I did it my way down the center. Forever Boy kicked off cover, Ron off cover as well. Deep stretch, and it's Pebble Beach who drifts slightly off the rail, but he's clear by three. Second to the rail is Beach Glass, the Pepsi North America cup, Pebble Beach in a romp. It's Pebble Beach to win by three with Beach Glass second, Frozen Hanover third in 150.